Hey guys, welcome to episode 21 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comma number five and my fellow host who finally broke down and got a Twitter account, Big Tuck. What up, Tom? Whoa! Coming from the future. Hey, cats and kittens. Uh, Mr. Combo, I'm I'm sad not to see your your visage. I, I feel like I haven't seen you in so long, and, uh, and you're out sick today. Yeah, yeah, I know. Since this is in the future for the past, uh, this is the week following uh, Magic Fest OKC. Thanks, Will. Think you got me sick. Uh, I have, my, my body has just slowly shut down over the uh, last three, four days. But you know what? Nothing will stop me from yeah, recording magic content. So here we I are doing it remote. I have to give the people what they want he's been yeah. quarantined it to them. and it's hilarious time to his room he wasn't allowed to come over sorry but yeah and, will and, and it's hilarious because i am literally four minutes from the studio we are doing yeah, this right. remotely and i am four minutes away <laughs> but i'm uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear your voice uh i also for the those playing the home game drink I also am just getting over something, so there might be some coughs, might be some cacks, might be some horse horse whispers. So I wish we'll you could have seen my face when Mr. Combo goes, yeah, I'd like to Skype into this episode. Like, <laughs> just like, like I can ride my bike to your house. <laughs> anyway, but it's good It's good. Good to, good to talk. And, uh, oh, I also have another thing. Uh, I'd like to wish both of you guys a Merry Chrysler, but Ooh. if that's a little too religious for you, I'd also like to wish you some Happy Honda Days. Oh, man. <laughs> it's the season. I like it. I can like we, it. Can we change that to Happy Hyundai Days so we can match that with <laughs> oh, the day? Yeah, very good. But so, good, to, good to talk to you. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, guys. And of course, we were only able to kind of make all this content happen because of Squee McGee and his production company, Rich Chaos Records, here in Kansas City. What up, Squee? Squee McGee. Squee McGee. Squee McGee. I'm so ready for this debate next week. Yeah, it's going to be great. But technically, it would have happened the previous Wait, weekend weeks ago? when this came out. So ah, I'm so ready for yeah. this debate last week. It's, <laughs> it's going to be so we, good. We've created a time so paradox. Good. It's amazing. I, my head is a pretzel now. Oh, man. Uh, also, guys, if you want to know more ways to support CMD Towers team and all the content we put out, uh, head over to our sponsor, level1gameshop.com. They sell magic accessories like the sweet exclusive CMD Tower playmat and our matte 100-pack yeah. sleeves. Uh, the sleeves are uh, literally absurdly... Uh, durable uh it's crazy uh i literally took one of them and tried to break it and it just wouldn't break uh you can almost say they're so good yeah. level nothing's good. better than these um, they also have a sweet tcg player store with 99 percent accuracy rating and super competitive prices another way to support the show is to head over to our patreon patreon.com slash cmd tower we do have four whoa, different whoa. pledge levels and the rewards vary from just getting access to our sweet new discord to getting your own set of cmd tower playmat and sleeves of course the free way you can help us out is just share the content you're already listening to every little bit of interaction from you guys really does help also every episode we want to give a big shout out to the music uh, provided in all of our episodes by pink royal and make sure you stay tuned until the end to get details on how you can win a theros beyond death bundle in january so Bruce and Builds is our deck tech series. It's all about the decks that Big Tuck and I have in our Path to 32. Each podcast, we're going to talk about one of those Path to 32 decks, but hey, in a cool manner of brewing beers. So we broke it down into four categories. The first one is going to be ramp and setting your board state. That's called the grain bill. Yes, the grains are the foundations of any beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in about a 60-40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they are usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. The next one on the chopping block is how does your board actually interact with the person left, right, in front of you? That's called the hop profile. Yes, and hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands, 
It helped distinguish subcategories like IPAs, including this celebration IPA, which is made with fresh hops. And I have something for all of you out there on the hops. If you could think of a sound effect, please send it over to me, Squee. I don't know what a hop sounds like. I've they, been really they are, they are pretty it. quiet, but our hop choices do help clear the board, interact with the board, so your deck can do what it wants. And then the next one's going to be, how does your deck actually win a game? So you can go home and, in the past to the future, watch the new Star Wars movie. We're calling that the yeast. Yes, and yeast are actual microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content and carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of winning the game. And then the last bit that kind of puts your deck together, we're calling this, you know, uh, spice package. These could be shenanigans, pet card synergies that you just kind of have in the deck, which we got a lot of in today's deck uh, that maybe just don't yes. fit the theme, but they kind of work. So you have it in anyways. Uh, yes, and not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a stock normal beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout, or the addition of chocolate malt that turned the Big Tuck Brewing Seasons Past Brown Ale from a normal brown ale to a chocolatey one. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we talk about it. And then to kind of wrap up the podcast, we're going to have a bottle capping. These are going to be Big Tuck's and I's recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a personal recommendation that has no budget. The only restriction we do have is no mana-only lands. So, yes, utility lands. <laughs> utility lands. But we can't say only restriction is utility lands because it makes it sound yeah. like the only thing we recommend is lands. Ah, it's a conundrum. <laughs> uh, so without further ado, before my brain explodes, let's get brewing. <laughs> Today, we're talking Naya for the second week in a row, but this one yep. is special due to it just competing in the debate at Level 1 Game Shop. We are talking, Garrett says, my, what big friends I have. So yes. th this is my version of a token populate deck uh right. this deck really did excite me uh big tuck when it came out due to really? one yeah. one specific thing red I, oh I, that I, has a red in it yeah i've always seen red have these sweet token interactions you know you got your right yeah keys of the world and things like that but then they always get exiled at end of turn or end of combat or end of whatever right, right. Uh, they don't stick around so when i saw this i was like huh there, mu there must be some cool ways that Red's yeah, yeah. being able to clone, basically, temporarily, almost any creature, legendary or non-legendary, on the battlefield, and then have green and white's ability to make tokens that, right. hey, yeah, Populate the red is. one will go away, but then the green and white can keep, kind of keep it around. Uh, plus, right. and, and red and, and green, green and white are the only things that really have access and really excel with, like, the populate mechanic. Yep. So it's good that you have those options in this as well. Man, I really think if I look at all of my decks, I really don't have a quote unquote token deck out of all of them. I mean, I guess you could say my I don't zombie think so. deck. I yeah, mean, sort kind of. of, but not really. Yeah, it, it, I don't think you do. It, I don't either. I can't think of I can't think of seeing one. But I didn't want to do one because I always like my decks to be different than everyone else in the playgroup. And Squee <laughs> McGee has had his Reese token build for many Reese years now. And so I, I didn't <laughs> want to just emulate another. Oh, let me just make a bunch of elf tokens. That's just kind of boring or right, a bunch yeah. of one one inserts. So when this came out, I was like, man, slam dunk you're you really like being uh making original decks and then you chose one of the most popular pre-cons come out this year so <laughs> hey that I, all adds up i, I picked this guy right when he got spoiled for everyone listening i actually pre-ordered all the cards for this and the oh, flashback yeah. one like right, two right. months before the decks even but unlike, released so but unlike the flashback one this one actually can win a game are you saying <laughs> you're, the, you're the hipster of gear and you you did it before uh, anybody so, else so real quick um want to talk a little bit about the card here. Girid Conclave Exile is a legendary creature, human shaman. 
shaman, whatever. Shaman. Two colors. <laughs> shaman. 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 Uh, two colorless Naya. That is red, green, and white for a 2-5. When he enters the battlefield, create a 4-4 green rhino token with trample, which is pretty sweet. Yep. Um, opens up a lot of rhino uh, tribal options there. Uh, <laughs> whenever he attacks, populate. The token enters the battlefield, tapped and attacking. So, again, um, does everything that you want. And uh, for those who haven't seen the art on it, it he actually looks like uh, Kiefer Sutherland, which is interesting. <laughs> because what a on, top of, on top of that, Garen actually looks more like, I had to look this up, uh, Atsi the Frozen Iceman, who looks like Kiefer Sutherland with a male pattern baldness. So oh this is an God. actual thing. I, you're not here. I wish you were. But there's an actual artist rendition that looks exactly like him. And it, it, was like, it was like a, it a mostly frozen person they've ever found in the history. It's like the, the transitive property of a frozen so man looking like a, Kiefer. So a, it has to be a, Kiefer. That's a double layer Kiefer Sutherland reference. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, one thing I do want to point out that was absolute nonsense. Did you know in that populate deck, they only gave you one rhino token? I yeah, did, I know. Yeah. They gave you like ten desolations, which we'll get into. Which we'll get into. <laughs> Let's talk some initial thoughts about the deck. Um, we, I kind of described why I wanted to build it, and you know, we'll sure. get into how I built it. You know, I, I think from a mana curve, because I feel like that's one thing we kind of focus on. I really stayed true to the red being splashed because I didn't want to make this a yeah. traditional tricolor deck where each color is fairly represented in the deck i really just yep. wanted that red splash in for that little bit and i and i think that did it pretty well you know when i'm looking you know there's only 18 percent of the deck actually sorry 18 percent of the pip symbols are red right, out of the yeah. entire thing which i think is pretty good no i agree um and the thing we are uh, talking about like the cmc is four one four which is actually also <laughs> my birthday so Ooh. that's pretty sweet um but i think Ooh. but like i was talking about this too um, or singing through this, like, I think if you look at all your cards that are three or under, all of them are just ramped. Yeah. Like, like you have all the Kadama reaches, um, you know, like the, the cultivates, a lot of creatures that give lands, a lot of artifacts. So I think it like, I don't think that seems, I think that CMC is deceptively high in yeah. this deck because there is so many ways to run it out. Um, also looking at the, at the color pairing, you're a little heavy on the, you're a little light on the green. It looks like. Um, which is okay. There's so many ways to search for lands. Yep. And also, uh, speaking of lands, I have to give you high credit. This is maybe the most budget one you have. I'm not seeing Impressive. I'm not seeing a single Aber duel. I'm seeing one fetch and um maybe one maybe one uh shock land. Oh it? no, I, I got so, I got a couple shock lands in here. But but still, this is like a big tuck of like decent mana base so congratulations you, you finally did it yeah yeah well you know because pretty much by the time these uh pre-cons came out everyone i had already gone through my revised dual fetish of the summer of <laughs> I, I think it I was a bleak buying, summer i think i ended up buying something like 25 revised duels in the course yeah. of like four months uh just basically ate ramen noodles every day uh for for a hot minute uh, so I think by the time these this guy came around, I only had I think I still have a Savannah sitting in my binder downstairs. But sure. putting a Savannah in this wouldn't make it that much better. Uh, so yeah, I've just, I agree. I've just been saving it. Uh, but no, I, I think you are right. You know, when I saw that CMC, that actually kind of shocked me, considering mm -hmm. the deck yeah, has never played clunky. Um, and right. I think it's because what you said, I mean, a bunch of the lands I have are those fetch type lands, whether they, sure. you know, they'll uh, like a married landscape, things like that. The nine right. panoramas. I also have all three of the green, green, white um, mana doublers. 
So yep. that really works out well. Um, I, I think it's just I think it's one of those things where you look at the CMC and you're like, oh, that's you want to yeah, lower it's pretty it. High. But then once you play it, it's like, oh, well, but it's also as, it's long, also as, like, as uh, long as you don't keep a risky hand, like to start yeah. the game, you're probably fine. But it's also like a bit of a battle cruiser deck, just in the sense that's of like fair. this is a com- this is a combat deck. Right. So you're going to you're going to ramp into your threats appropriately on on turn five and that sort of thing. Um, Geared being a five drop can turn pretty prohibitive. So yeah. it's again having those having all those mana doublers, all those mana sinks is it's really important to to speeding the deck out and keeping it keeping the wheels greased on it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I think that's all I have for the deck. Why don't we kind of dive into uh, the ramp yeah. and the grain bill? Being my deck, I'll kick it off. The first card I want to talk about, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned on a previous cast, uh, or at least I know we've talked about on the MTG Action 4 News. Uh, we're going to talk about Greater Good. So Yeah, this is one of mine, too. Oh, before, awesome. Before, so, yeah. Oh, well, we, 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 get... we did do our super excited. Ha! Ah! Ah! It's, it's hard to do. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, this table is really long. I, and there's no bounce to it, man. It's, this, it's this Kmart. Do you want me to put like the snare drum next to you so you oh, can just like whack that? Oh, man. Um, but OK, so <laughs> the other problem that I had with the great or not, it's really not a problem. There was like one card in here that I actually had some semblance of interest in talking about. But the rest of them are like <laughs> kind of like I don't really need so to talk about. Sky Sh- I don't want to talk hot about on this deck. I don't want to say I don't need to talk on like Sky Shroud claim or any of that stuff. Um, however, <laughs> I will agree that Greater Good is definitely one of the better ones uh, and, and slightly more unique in here. Yeah. So Greater Good, guys, is two colorless green, green enchantment. Sack a creature, draw cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power, then discard three cards. The reason I have it in the deck and the reason I wanted to talk about it is a the one issue all three of these colors have is card draw. Um, yes, and 100%. the one thing I already talked about in the prelude to this and talking about the deck is that red makes copies of stuff, but then they always get exiled right. into turn. Well, how great is it to make a copy of something that's a nine power or seven power? Well, before it gets exiled, I'll sack it, draw yep. seven or draw eight, draw nine, and then discard three. Not a big deal. Um, yeah, I agree. It, it's I a agree. great and- feed. And I think greater. I think we've gone back and forth with this. I think greater goods kind of criminally underplayed. Um, it gives you decent. It, it like makes everyone have to think about what they're going to do, right? Because if they board wipe, you're going to get value. Yep. Um, if they single target removal something besides your commander, you're going to get value, right? Like they chump block. They they do like sloppy blocks. You're going to get value out of it. Um, and especially in a deck where this is this is like one of those mid. What what'd you say it was? It's not like go wide, but it's not really go tall either. It's like go like i don't know blockish go stout maybe? yeah it's go, like, go it's, like it's, it's like go, like it. go your uncle bob the most rotund guy right. but he has that belly so uh quick i don't really have much more to say about greater good but i do have a side i do have a side story that relates to this so i've got for some reason probably because i have a shaped head and i i'm a bigger guy I've gotten told that i people have asked if i'm in the military a bunch of times like four six times in the last few years um, and then one guy in the Nate and the Coast Guard's like, he said this and I about like punched his brains out. Um, he was like, he was really skinny, so it would have been awesome. But anyways, he was like, yeah, I can see why. And he was like, yeah, I can see why. I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, you're like big and like kind of aggressive when you talk. And like you look at some point, you could have been in really good shape. I was like, what a dickhead. <laughs> so it's kind of that deck, uh, the big tuck style deck. But anyways, um, yeah, sorry, tangent. Greater good. Great card. Great. Good, ca- good card in a lot of decks. Great card in this deck. Uh, well, so that, since that was also one of yours, what is your next one? So um, I'm going to do the I'm going to save my interesting one for last. Um, so there's one in here that's called Elemental Bond. Mm, um, yep. Two colorless and green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature with power three or greater enters a battlefield under your control, draw a card. 
Um, Geared gives you one of those, gives you one of those when he enters. So you cast Geared, draw a card. Every combat, you're drawing a card. You populate, you draw a card. Um, I like how this doesn't say uh, non-token creature yeah. um, or cast a creature. Then I don't think it'd be as good. Um, this card came. This card came out, I think, in Magic Origins, and it didn't see a lot of play. But I think it's been in more and more intro decks. It's a really budget op- option. It's seven cents to pretty much get a draw engine going on. Um, similar to other cards that are green like this, though, it can be a little bit of a dead card later in the game when yep. you're not casting as much stuff. Um, but you just get crazy value off this, especially especially for seventy cents for a three drop enchantment. Um, it just does a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, you basically look at it this way: if you get it down whatever turn before your commander, you, you cast Gearid. He brings yeah. the rhino. You're drawing a card. Your next combat, you're swinging with Garrett. You're populating, making another rhino. You're drawing a card. You're drawing a card. Worst case scenario, it's like a um, oh man, what's that green enchantment? It's the group hug one where everyone gets to draw a card and everyone plays an additional land. Uh, rights of flourishing. Thank you. Right. It's it's yep. almost like you know one half of rights of flourishing for the same sure. kind of mana because you're gonna get it anyways. This deck right. doesn't make creatures in any way shape or form that are power yeah two exactly. or less so they're yeah, stout. No. they got a they got a stout frame yeah they do but yeah so i just want to bring it up i like this card we haven't talked about it yet it's one of the few on here that's not a generic ramp card so <laughs> uh i thought I, could just, I thought i'd just throw that out there and we could just Move right along. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we're going to talk about a generic ramp card right here. Uh, and this card, actually, I have to thank Will for. I had never seen this card before until I played against his wart deck. We're talking mana reflection. Uh, oh, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. Four colorless, double green enchantment. If you tap a permanent for mana, it produces twice as much of that mana instead, which is very, very important. Because mm-hmm. other cards, like I know you're not going to talk about it, Marari's Wake, say whenever yeah, right. you tap a land for mana, a land, so- and a land specific source. land, this says permanent, yeah. but then also Marari's Wake says add one mana to your mana pool of any type that land produced. Oh, this straight yeah, up doubles yeah. it, doubles which will it. feed into my last card, uh, which is a flip card. I don't know if you're doing that one. I'm not. We already talked about it, so uh, no, right. I'm not. Uh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so my last one is Growing Rights of Itlamok. Um, and that is two colorless green legendary enchantment. When it ETBs, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature from among them, put it into your hand, put the rest on the bottom in any order. And then at the beginning of your end step, when you control four more creature, uh, transform it. And it basically turns into yep. a guy's cradle. Yeah, a, so, guy, a guy's cradle that you can also tap for green in a pinch. Yes. So it's kind of nice with mana reflection. You know, guy's cradle right. in this deck will never do what it does in a reese deck because I'm never going to have 20, 30, 40 creatures. I'm going to have. Right. 10, maybe 12. <laughs> um, and so to be able to, instead of just doing 12 mana plus the additional one that Marari's Wake would produce, let me get 24 mana. Uh, I could do a lot right. of stuff with that. So, Yeah, no, I agree. I was, I was on the fence on growing rights, but I know we talked about it I, in some deck earlier. And sure. it's, just, it's like... It great it and greater good, I think, are starting to turn into more of our these EDH standards that you find. Yep. Like there's they have so much utility, they do so much. Um mana reflection is probably not there. Uh also it's thirty dollars, yeah, which it's is real shocking. Expensive. Yeah. Um I think it's only been printed twice, so and it's obviously a good card in, in Well, what did you want me to do? Yeah. Talk about Soul Ring? Yes, you actually have it in here. <laughs> only, only because only because it came pack fresh Correct. when you opened the precon. Correct. So, or she ripped it right out. I'm sure. Um, yeah, no, I I'm on board with it. It's like it's one of the more interesting cards to talk about here. Um, I'm yeah, guys, cradle probably isn't worth it in this deck for the money. Um, 
And this, I think this does like a better version of it. Plus, again, it gives you that pseudo card draw, which again is so critical in these colors. Yep, absolutely. And the whole condition of the uh, four or more creatures at the inset, once again, I mean, I'm usually not having yeah. a bunch of creatures, but even if it's early game and I don't have the ways to keep my red copies, they're still around at the instep. So well, and even to your even to your point, the, the first time that your commander attacks, you have three, right? So correct. that's just that's without casting anything else. Yep. Yep. Very fair. So All yeah, right. you're you're gonna it's gonna flip. So it's gonna flip. You're doing the last one. You got one more left. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use my mental telepathy looking at this list and knowing what you don't <laughs> want to talk about. <laughs> it should be blatantly obvious. Oh, her on Frostfang? Yes, exactly. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> brand new, hot off the presses for Commander 2019, was this one, right? Yep. 2020? Yeah, 2020 oh, is the core sets. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay. So, uh, three colorless, two green for a snow creature, irrelevant snake, uh, two six, uh, two whoa, great whoa, whoa, abilities on. on here. You said snake, it's not a naga? It's Naga. It's Naga Naga. Naga. Oh, Naga. Naga Naga work in a Naga tribal deck. Oof. Oof. Uh, Alright, go on. Uh, yeah. So, um, attacking creatures you control of Death Touch, which we talked about on another card, uh, Bow of Nylea. Yep. And we've had mixed we've had mixed feelings about it. Correct. Uh, it's it's that card's flown out of deck since we started doing this for me. <laughs> um, but I think I think on a creature it's not as brutal. The better part though is the second part. Whenever a creature you control deals damage to a player, draw a card. Correct. So I don't in, in a vacuum, this card really isn't that exciting because there's a lot of other effects that do the same thing. However, 99% of them are in blue. Mm -hmm. So again, what is card what do these colors suck in? Drawing cards. What does this deck want to do? Attack, preferably with death touch. Yep. What does this what does this card do for you? Both of them. <laughs> Um, it's a rare, it's sitting at 460, which I'm guessing will probably continue to go up. Yeah, um, I would say so. Bec because it's a, I think it's a really good utility card. Um, if you're playing, if you're playing mid-range creatures like this, um, the other good thing about it too is that if you can mimic that it or somehow get a clone of it, you can get more co copies of it with Populate. Um, the, the, you don't get double death touch, but you do get double card draw. So um, I saw this got spoiled and I didn't think it was that exciting, but I have seen this out in the wild a couple times. It does work. Um, yeah, you know, it's just something because I would say in uh, Commander nowadays, you know, there are because I, I would say the average power of my attacking creatures is going to be between like four and six. And there are yeah, creatures right. with, with with more toughness than that. Um, or, you know, they get some buff, you know, it could be a, a wall right. deck. Um, and so something like this, where as in I wouldn't even attack that player because it's literally not going to do anything. Right. Now I can it's, swing in and it's like, yeah, you, you, you have your walls out there. Arcades isn't out there. Yeah, they're all zero eights or one eights or whatever. But do you really want them all to die just so I don't have to draw cards? Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I think it's I think you're going to see this card played a lot going forward. Um, yeah, so nothing, nothing more, <coughs> no bad things to say about Oran Frostfang. Cool. Except it, except it's kind of stupid. They made it a snow creature, but what do I know? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's got frost in the yeah. name. How could you not? Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the rampant grain bill. Now we're going to head over to the board state and hot profile. Uh, big tuck. Why don't you kick it off? So this is a card that's, I think is really good in this deck. Um, and I think it's really good in a lot of decks, which you don't see that often. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Rootborn. Yeah! Is this one of yours? Yeah! yeah. Get it. <coughs> oh, excuse me. The excitement off, almost Rick. killed him. Yeah, God. <laughs> well, here, while he's recovering, yeah, I'll sorry. read the card. Uh, Rootborn Defenses, guys, is two colorless white instant. Populate, period. Creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn. 
I yes, kind of look at you. this card as one half of a heroic intervention. That's exactly what I literally have it right here. That's literally slightly, what I wrote too. Slightly <laughs> worse, slightly worse intervention, but gives you a creatures and his pennies. <laughs> but see, literally I, wrote that down. I you guys are so cute. It's heroic intervention, but trading hexproof for populate, and populate, in this deck, yeah. I'm okay with that. I yo, I agree, and I think in a lot of decks you're okay with that, right? I think it just does a lot of work. Um, just the just the ability on its own, just giving your creatures indestructible again, like in a deck like this. Board wipes are going to happen and mm -hmm. they're going to suck. So just having these built in redundancies uh, is really important. Um, and also not not for nothing. I think heroic convention is sneaking up to like, what, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars. Yeah. And this and this is a quarter. Mm -hmm. So um, if you can run it, I would. Three mana is nothing. Um, and, and again, with this deck, you don't necessarily have to do a bunch of stuff in your pre combat main phase because when you attack, that's where you get those populate triggers. Correct. That's where you get your draw triggers and that sort of stuff. So this is a lot more of like a second main deck. We kind of it's kind of the same thing with like our, an arcadey style where it is a little battle cruiser e, but there is a lot of stuff to do second main. So I'm sure there's a lot of times where you're like, well, I could cast this, but you never know. Mm -hmm. You know, you go into it, someone plays an instant speed board wipe, or even if they just you know do uh, <clears throat> a blasphemous act at, at instant speed. Any of those things, this is a surefire way that you'll live through that combat phase and the ones following it as well. Yeah, yeah it's almost like a situational counter spell, you could say. Like, <laughs> yeah. You just save it to, to counter something to help you, but it may still hurt the rest of the board, which is, again, in your favor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so I, I kind of, I, I mean, I, I think you and I are on the exactly the exact same page. Um, I, I think this card is just really budget protection. Um, yeah. I mean, this is yep. something that I would borderline considering to run and maybe not even a token build deck. I don't even know if you really have to have that for three. My only question, if you, my only question is, do you have, do you have to, do you have to be physically able to populate? I don't know. You know, if you can't, if you can't populate when you cast this, does that mean that you can't? Cast I don't it? believe so. Cause I've used Druid's deliverance, which is very similar in that. Right. But and, were you using it? Were you using it legally? Through the extent of the law. There that's, we go. That's for, Wait, that's that, for that's the law to decide. for the rule lawyers one day. But you know what? At yeah. a quarter, it's a great budget card to where if you don't have to do the populate and you can't afford a heroics intervention or right. even it, this is a lesser version, but Teferi's protection, oh. um, this is a, a yes. great thing to, hey, you know what? For a quarter, I can at least make my stuff indestructible. Right. And I'm looking right here. If you control no creature tokens, when you populate, nothing will happen. There Boom. you go. Worth Beautiful. It. All right, I'm legal. Worth it. I'm good. Right, Mr. Combo, what'd you have next, my man? All right. So my number one, but now we'll be going number two, is actually Sundering Growth. So okay. Yeah. This is a very, very double, similar. Yeah. Double Silencia. So that is either you could pay hybrid green, white, green, white. It's an instant. And it says destroy target artifact or enchantment, then populate. This is strictly just the best destroy target artifact enchantment card in Silencia that you could play. I think it's better than all of the other ones, except for Cross and Grip. Cross and Grip with the split second definitely takes the cake, but right. any other one, I would run this, because you get the same effect, it's still instant speed, and you get to populate. Why wouldn't you? And it's 20 cents. I think the only thing I don't like about it is that there. I think there are better options out there if for, like, slightly more, or with, like, reduced costs. Like, like what? So, so if, like uh, return to dust in in white. Well, isn't that four? It is. That's, that's, not, that's not like slightly more. That's double. But I'm, okay, fine. But like force of vigor, which you can pay for free. And that if you had to if if you had to choose, that's destroy two target or destroy two target 
up to two target artifacts or enchantments, and you can remove a card from your hand in exile. I would rather green. I would rather do this because then I get an extra copy of one of my big dudes. I could see in Squee McGee's deck. No, uh, no, his, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And this now in this in this deck in particular, yes, this is definitely the best option. But in the wild, I think there's other ones that might be better. Well, you know what? In the wild in my pants, I disagree. <laughs> in the wild uh, in my pants. Fair enough. Well, well, oh wow, that what, sounds like a yes. Tom Cruise movie. Sun, Sundering Growth is great. Um, any of these cards that have that are like a normal effect. That have populate stapled on them, which you have quite a few. Yeah, um, they uh, they do piles in this deck. Yeah, and I and actually, and this is one of the ones that came with the precon, and I think they yep. did. I think this is one of the better, even though the morph one is just bananas out of the box. I think this was a right, very yeah. well put together precon uh, yes. for the populate. Even though I remember, I even listened to an old action news segment, uh, and we were like, and we, were, we were trashing it. So uh, don't worry, great. I still you am. Never, you I never still know, am. Right? Like it's just like you. You know, you look at us. You look at a pile of things, and you never know what they're gonna be like in the field. You know, so yeah, absolutely. I do um, recall if I said I felt, right, the, I I believe... felt the same way about Angie, and that's one of my favorite decks. Yeah, I have. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Well, Big Tuck, what's your second one? <laughs> so this is a one I've seen a handful of times that you've had, um, and uh, this is a card I think that's also criminally underplayed. It's a uh, green enchantment. So we're talking Sandworm Convergence. Oh yeah, yeah. That's this card a, is amazing. Awesome. So it's super expensive. Six colorless, green, green. Um, for an enchantment, uh, creatures with with flying can't attack you or planeswalkers you control, which is good because these colors have some air removal, but not a lot of flyers. Correct. So just it's like a one sided thing usually. But for this deck, the better part is the second half. At the beginning of your end step, create a five five green worm creature token. Yeah, it's which is insane. So good. It's so good. And like again, like we talked about, this is one of the cards that's definitely like. Pushing, you know, if you look at your if you look at your curve, it's yep. like this and one other card that are really pushing you up that CMC. Well, this is so worth it. You're gonna get this out early. Um, even if you can't get your commander out, this card is so good at stalling things. Once you get your token doublers or your populate doublers, I mean, a five-five green worm creature on its own isn't great, but like five of them are really good. Yeah, you know the weird thing, um, and, and granted, this is probably gonna bite me in the butt now that I'm gonna point this out. Okay. Every time I've played this, no one has ever removed it. Ever. Yeah, never. It's I one of those things why. that we talked about. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, maybe because they don't think about it when they see it, and it's so expensive. And that's a, and again, but like that's why it's like if I see an eight drop enchantment that gives someone a five five every turn or every one of their turns, I'm like, all right, I'll just set you back <laughs> three turns and just you know whatever. Yeah, I'll just root board and defense this on my turn oh, <laughs> when man. I'm playing my token deck. So <laughs> yeah, it's, I think Samurai Converge is really good. Again, it's really expensive, but it's only um, a dollar, and I, you know, I think yeah. if you're trying to build within a budget you know if you're if you're trying to do a 50 dollar budget for your edh deck or a hundred dollar budget i think if you have green this is a great card to throw in there because right, yeah. one of the things that i think big tuck would agree with is that with the way the edh is now and that the fact that it's been so popular for so long uh now we get specific commander support some of the good cards are just very expensive and yeah. the reason they're very expensive, though, it's not just because it's a good card. It's because it's mana curved very, very well. Right. Yeah. So, you know, when you want to do a budget deck, most likely you're going to a have not obviously like dual lands. That's a given. Right. Uh, but then the second thing is going to be you're going to have a higher curve just because to get good effects, you're going to have to pay more mana. And this yep. is a card that whether it's in a budget deck or not budget deck, I think it has a poem. But if you haven't yeah. played with it, uh, I would definitely go pick up a copy um, and give it a try because it is it'll, done it'll, wonders. 
it'll just like and again it's we talked about it like you pick one up it'll sit around you'll build a new deck go through your binder and see what you have you're like oh i have the spare sandworm convergence like this card <coughs> slots into this card will slot into a deck that you build at some point yeah absolutely and there's actually been times where i have slotted it into a deck played it for three four five months and i've played it a few times liked it in the deck but then i got an upgrade for the deck and i was like what do i need to cut oh i guess i should cut sandworm convergence because this other card's just better but then it just goes into another deck lives there for three four months and then i you right. know eventually when that deck gets upgraded it's a card that you never feel bad about cutting because something else just probably fits yeah, better exactly. but totally you never feel agree. bad about putting it in the deck too so it's awesome, another man. bow of nylea yep yeah exactly so no that's that was my second one Love, wanted to talk about it while we could cool uh, well, my last one is also an expensive boy. I have yet to be able to play it, so I hope to in the near future. We're talking Song of the World Soul. This oh, is, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, four colorless, white, white, enchantment. Whenever you cast a spell, populate. Uh, what? Bon bonkers. <laughs> yeah, it's Bananas. insane. Like, and I think that's one thing that the populate mechanic is always comes at a price, right? Yep. Like, you have to pay a lot for it. It's always stacked onto something else. Um, you know, you, you're having, you're going to have to do like some sort of sacrifice to get a populate out. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, for real. You know, I mean, granted the, the, the deck's curve is high enough to where realistically, unless I have my mana doublers, I'm doing a spell, a turn at most. Yeah, right. But yeah. Still, you know, uh, let me just go through, you know, oh, it's later in the game, four mana for a sky shroud claim just to get the lands out of my deck. But that's four mana to now get two forests and make a copy of a four four rhino up to maybe a ten ten Eldrazi. Yes, oh, exactly. That's, that's amazing. But so. I'm looking this up on EDH Rec right now. How is this only played in seventy five percent of the decks of for Gearit? It came in the precon. I know, and it's perfect in it. Why isn't that a hundred? I think <laughs> it's I think, so strange. I, th I bet you people probably cut it from the Gearit because deck. it's too expensive. Yeah, you think? I bet. Uh, well, those people are morons, idiots. All right. Well, big tuck. Love it. What do you have left? So I got one weird one, which I forgot mm. that this card even existed. Worm coil and engine. I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. We all. I never heard of this before. <laughs> not only worm coil, not only worm coil edition. The hundred and thirty-one dollar Judge promo one. Yeah. You psycho. You psychopath. Um, no. Um, Reap the past! Exclamation point. Yeah. Scratch. Yeah. So why is this a so X green? Red, return X cards at random from your graveyard to your hand, exile this card. Yep. Why is this a hop, not a grain? It's effectively, in my opinion, like a draw card, and it doesn't really interact with the board, question mark? So the reason that it's in the hop section is because this is more board wipe answers. Mm. So once you sure. board wipe me, you know, I can then get all that Pop stuff back. back. Yeah. Yeah, I, so anyway, um, I, I just figured it was more of a grain to me, but I guess that does make sense. Um, the only thing I don't like about this card is that at random, but again, after a board wipe, you're going to have, and also in this deck, it doesn't really matter because you're, so much of your shit is token based. Yep. Like if you get them back, your tokens won't be in your graveyard. So they're not going to get cluttered up with there. Yep. You really don't have any, like too many sack lands or those sort of things that are also going to clutter it up. And because your curve is so high, you're going to have a million mana at some point in the game that needs a home. I think this is a great one for it. Yeah, well, it's going to it's going to it's going to let you rebuild your hand, going to let you rebuild your board um, and then move on from there. Well, and especially in our play group, uh, honest answer. Did you think you'd be see more creature board wipes or everything board wipes? Uh, I mean, traditionally, I've seen a lot more creature. Board wipes. Yeah, I mean, we do see some 
everything yeah, worldwide. The, the, disc, but, the, the Larry Nevins discs of the world. Yes, but, but the majority is going to be the creature-only stuff, and I think that's yep. the stuff that people are going to specifically be doing against this deck is, hey, I need to blast right. all your creatures. And so, it, it, you know, as long as it's a creature-only board wipe, it's even better for me because I have the Mana Reflections, the Zendikar Resurgence, the Mirari's Wakes, right. to where it's like, oh, how many cards I have in my graveyard? 29? I'll do X yeah, equals right, 29. I'll, I'll get I'll get all of them. Yeah, I'll do it all. So no, but no, I like great. it. Did you did you crack this in one of the hundreds of booster boxes or boost or one of those things? Rip packs. Yeah, yeah. The modern what do they call those? Yeah, blister packs. I'm guessing this was a layover from one of those. Oh yeah, you know I definitely made my yeah. money back on this card. Forty three cents worth. Yeah, so I think it's interesting if you're playing X if you're playing X cares decks. This is really good in it. I actually completely forgot that this card even existed. So it was fun <laughs> to see this. I don't have a deck that's in it. I probably never will, unfortunately. There you go. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about it. Cool. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up our Board Satan Hot Profile. Now we're going to head on over to how we actually win the game with this deck and the Yeast Package. Uh, so I'll start this one off with the very blatant one, and I know you probably saved this one for me, I assume. Sundial of the Infinite. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So <laughs> did, did you pick this one? No, no. Oh, oh <laughs> all right. Fine. Get out of here. Why would I? Why would I? Because it's amazing. Uh, yeah, so but we, this is also, we can also talk about in two years, we'll be like, hey, another deck with Sundial the Infinite in it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Sundial the Infinite, guys, two colorless artifact, one tap, in turn, activate this ability only during your turn. You heard us talk about it uh, when we talked with Brian from the Vorthos cast, because the big, is, thing yeah. oh. with, the big thing with his oh. deck is at the end of turn, those dragons we had exiled, so this is the way to keep them. I kind of alluded... Right, real quick, real, oh, yeah. real quick um, I, got, I got a quick shout-out, so hey, I uh, told those Vorthos nerds out there, suck it! Jesus. <laughs> Please so, continue. Uh, so, Virilian or Zerillion, it's an alien. Uh, the dragons get exiled at end of turn. The Gearid, as I talked about, the red token generators get right. exiled at end of turn. So Sundial of the Infinite's a great way to make all of these yeast and all of these spice cards keep all the delicious things that you create. So yes, uh, it's, and it's and it's and this card also might as well read like you're not casting Cyclonic Rift on my turn. Correct. <laughs> You'll just do it right. in the next so, person's turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Second, <laughs> first main phase, untap next turn, then you'll do it. Oh, but at least man. I have the at least at least you have control. Uh, you know what's funny at Magic Fest OKC? I guess this would be a few weeks back now. Uh, I was playing my Gearid deck. Someone tried to do an instant speed board wipe, and I was like, you know what? And I just flipped them off, and I did my Sundial of the Infinite and ended it right there. Nice. It was great. All yeah, right. So I think I think this and this card's three bucks, which I thought it was way more. Um, I just, I will admit it's a very interesting card. I like the design space of it. I've just seen this in so many decks both in the wild and online, that's like, I, I don't have a whole lot to say. Yeah, I know. And, and you know, but I, I would say this. <laughs> yeah, but, I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, the one thing <laughs> that I will say that is a little unfortunate is that if my green and white populate sources aren't out there, like the doubling seasons of the world and the parallel lines, sure. Sundial is really the only way to keep those extra red. So this deck is definitely not meant to be a competitive deck by any stretch right. of the imagination. It's supposed to be flavor. And I will say that if you're trying to do red tokens, you kind of need Sundial of the Infinite. Yeah. And if it gets destroyed, you're just kind of up, uh, you know, uh, Brown Water Creek, we'll just say. Yeah. So, uh, well, well, Big Tuck, what's your first yeast card? So I'm really proud of you, Mr. Combo, for putting this card in here and keeping it in here because I personally love it. Um, it's super expensive, but I think it's really, I think it's really cute. We're talking mirror match. Oh yeah. 
This isn't one of yours? This is like one of the four fun cards on here to talk about. No, no. Oh, God. He doesn't like fun. Yeah. He likes combos. Ah, true. Um, so, okay, mirror match. Five colorless and a green, or sorry, red, which is expensive. So, five colorless and a red for an enchantment. And again, should have brought my glasses, but here we are. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, flip a coin until you lose a flip. Love me flipping coins. For each <laughs> flip you won, past tense, okay? Create a token that's a copy of that creature. Those tokens gain haste. Exile them at the beginning of the next end step. Again, creating token. The only thing that sucks on it, it's non-token creature, so you kind of get hosed there. Yeah. But you have enough creatures that enter the battlefield and either create tokens or do other things um, that this really gets a lot of value. I mean, can you imagine like hitting this and just like out of the blue flipping over four Orin Frost Fangs? <laughs> You're like... All right, well, I guess I'll just draw well, 14 with all my other things. I got you one better. Uh, I actually did this at one of our EDH Sundays. Uh, it's been in the last few months. I can't remember when. I uh, had this out and actually played my commander and won three flips. Uh, all ETB'd, got my oh, rhinos, and then just sacked the, uh, yeah. Yeah, just sacked the uh, copies. So, no, it, it's, nice. it's, it's cool. It's cute. There's definitely you know some fun things that can happen with it, but I will say... It has done less for me than it has ever done for me. Um, just yeah, but you can have this. This card could easily also be in the spice package too, right? Like it's fun, and when it goes off for you, it goes off in a big way, you know. Yeah, that's totally or, fair. Or, or, or could right? You yeah, know, like we talk about like the nut draws and perfect, perfect, you know, scenarios and all that jazz. Yeah, I, I think I the like, issue. I think the issue with this deck is I have more legendary creatures than non-legendary creatures ah, that I actually want true, copies yeah. of. So that's where I think the kind of the issue comes in, because I'm looking in here. I mean, this will be a perfect segue into my next card. Reese the Redeem. Yeah, go ahead. Legend. Oh, sure. Uh, what legend. Up, had, had to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. sure. Well, so because I mean, look, Reese in this deck helps fuel into my red populate stuff. So Reese, guys, is hybrid Silencia, green or white, uh, legendary creature, elf warrior, one, one. Um, and you can pay two colorless and Silencia tap. Put a 1-1 one, one green, white, elf warrior creature token into play. I've never used him for that, and I never will. Yeah, I do use sense. him for the second <laughs> ability because it's banana hammock in this deck. Four colorless, uh, hybrid Silencia, hybrid Silencia tap. For each creature token you control, put a token into play that's a copy of that creature. So what's Peter better Best. than have that out there? And I've made multiple copies of, oh God, a bigger stuff that's in the spice package that i don't want to ruin i mean you hit, you hit that desolate. you hit that monster you hit that you hit that monster um uh mirror match right and you're like all right i will take eight or yeah. or, or, or like you know we kind of alluded to in the hops profile i have a worm coil engine and yeah sure say, say mirror march got me two extra copies of worm coil engine oh by the way i'm also going to race the redeem it and i'm gonna have four copies of worm coil engine that just sounds then, great then then I'll get eight freaking leftover tokens at the end of it. God, Worm Coil's so good. Yeah. There's an interesting part of Reese, too, that allows you to operate on the board instead of having to deal with stuff in your hand. So True, yeah. When you have card draw issues like you do so much in green, white, and red, Reese allows you to keep doubling things on the board. So even if you right. don't have any cards in hand, you're still doing effective plays and still managing everybody sure. else. It's a really interesting yeah, it gives, card. Yeah, gives you that onboard mana sink, which is which is important in a big mana deck like this. Yeah, but see, like the, the difference though with having Reese as a commander and Reese in the 99 is that can work when he's in as your commander because <laughs> no, it, no it, way of tutoring for him. <laughs> he, well, not that. It's just, you know, he costs one to play at first, then three, then five, then sure. seven. I play him for one and he's dead and then he's just gone. 
because um, that's that's the thing that you know we see in our play group whenever Squee plays his Reese the Redeem deck. It's like, well, we could kill Reese, but then he's just going to pay three and bring him back. Right, yeah, exactly. So he's just going to pay five right. and bring him back. Um, and, and so but, that that's the kind of challenge here is he doesn't really help feed from a board presence. It's just more he's kind of that uh that nut card when it's time. Yeah, it's to, good, you know it's, what? It's good utility. Yeah, great utility card. Yeah, he's kind of the you know because I don't really have a way to give stuff haste. For the most part, um, and so you know, it's like a, you put them out there, and you just know that your next turn, you're going to make a m- bunch of these red tokens that are just going to get uh, exiled. So, yeah, no, I had to talk about burn it. A he, good he definitely kind of like the Sundial of the Infinite. He helps feed into that red token sure, strategy. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what's your uh, next one? So, um, I'm also doing a red token card for this. I thought I'd keep it uh, in the family, as it were. So, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Flame Rush Rider. Okay. Which I think is a sweet name, and I think this card's actually pretty sweet in and of itself. So, four colors in red, which I'm guessing you'll never pay for a 3-3 <laughs> human warrior. Whenever it attacks, create a token of that's a copy of another target attacking creature that's also tapped and attacking. Exile that token at the end of combat. Um, and then it also has dash, two colors, red, red. Cast it for its dash spell. If you do, it gains haste, and it's returned back from the battlefield to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So, um, one thing that populate eats on, and this is what happens with a lot of, we didn't talk about her, but like the Tristani Silencia's voices, sometimes you kind of have to jump through hoops to make yeah. tokens of, like, unless you're doing a straight token build, you kind of have to jump through some hoops to get there to where you have a token of something that's big, that's beefy, um, you know, a Wormcrawl engine, again, just to, to use that off the top of the head. These sort of like big battlecruiser creatures, sometimes they're kind of tricky to get tokens of. So this gives you that, which then will then feed into your other populates, your other things, you know, um, growing ranks, that sort of stuff. If you can get to stick, right? And obviously yep. there's a lot of things going there, but I just like the idea of being like this card for effectively four mana and and someone that has something smaller than a three three, which is bound to happen. It just it just says create a token of another creature that you have. Um, obviously the legendary rule kind of eats you on it, but yep. there's enough, I think there's enough targets on here where this is going to be a viable way, especially again, if you have the perfect Rube Goldberg machine where you have Sundial the Infinite, you can keep it, do it again next turn, hit those populate triggers, all sort of, all sorts of stuff there. So I just think this card does a ton in this deck. Um, and I, and I think it's another one that came with it. I don't, I think it's a reprint. Uh, this looks like it's from the Tarkir block. Um, so I think it's one of those good ones that they pulled up from the ranks uh, the growing ranks, perhaps <laughs> that uh, that I think does a lot of work for it. So okay. I just I I've never seen this card before. Um, I know it's I know I've read about it in these kind of decks. So just wanted to bring light to it um, and just say, yeah, I think I think it, I think it does a lot of work. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, being able to make a copy of something that's not a token is very very good it's in this. So deck. good, yeah. And you know, like for example, because I know you're not going to talk about it, and I'm not going to talk about it. Like Crater Hoof Behemoth, it, right? He, yeah, he doesn't. F- he doesn't fit like he does in a normal token build because I'm I don't I'm not gonna have ten or fifteen or twenty creatures right. normally I'm gonna maybe have like six to seven which is still pretty good giving plus six right, plus yeah. seven but you know imagine I'm in a crater hoof and you've done your your big load you couldn't kill everyone because you're probably not gonna be able to because you don't have enough people to do it so then right. you're in your next combat okay well let me dash out flame rush rider. Make a copy and of Crater Hoof. Do it all again. And yeah. do it again. And then I can just, then he'll go back to my hand to kind of protect doing that. And then, you know what? Maybe I have a way to keep that second Crater Hoof. So now I just have another 5-5. Right. Five, five. Um, so there's a lot of kind of unique, cool things you can kind of do with him. The only thing I wish, um, and I assume you're not talking about a Neldrazi next. 
I sure am, but oh, that's okay. okay. <laughs> well, then I'll save it for you because I wish that card was worded differently. But yeah, no, Flame Rush Rider, and it kind of yeah. worried me when you started that because my last card is Flame Shadow Conjuring. Shadow Conjuring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is three. This colorless. card is this card is sweet. Yeah, it's super good. It's three colorless red enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay red. If you do, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. That token gains haste. Exile at the beginning of the next end step. That's just phenomenal. I yeah. mean, it's it does, I mean, it's the same thing that we're it's the same thing that we're talking about, right? Of like cheap ways to generate tokens of non cheap ways to to generate tokens of non-token creatures. Yep. And this basically does what Mirror March does for two mana less, sure. and you're just guaranteed one instead of the gamble of getting whatever. Yeah, you but you could get. you could get seven. <laughs> you, all, and you're then, do, and then, all you're doing is reminding me of that Family Guy episode where Peter bought oh, like the, the box, the, mis the, myster the mystery box. Yeah, <laughs> we could have we could yeah, a boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a flame shadowed crater hoof is a flame shadowed crater hoof, but a mirror but a mirror match crater hoof could be anything, <laughs> even an extra crater hoof. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, that's great it reminds me of those old loot boxes from woot.com oh, those were the, the worst oh the mystery boxes they were great that's how you that i looked back on it all those subscription boxes that just got you like a bunch of shit you didn't need that's no like, this one would legitimately deliver like the random bags of crap that you would yeah, get yeah i know one guy got like a pallet of action figures like a whole pallet for 20 oh, bucks that one yeah yeah like, those mystery boxes <laughs> they were great yeah but no i like i said or like you talked about flame shadow cottery and flame rush rider Probably not unintentionally named such. Um, Flame Shadow Cottering is great. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that it wasn't one of the reprints they put in here. Yeah, but I guess too. I wasn't like desperate enough for one. Um, <coughs> and they're like, well, LGS is probably have piles of this shit lying around from Magic Origins. So here you go. Here's a free. Here's a free deck that you can sell with it. There you go. It's like. It's like, man, I have 400 flame shadow conjurings. <laughs> I got it for every for every gearhead precon. I'll just throw one in for free. <laughs> what well, a value! You're huh? gonna want it. You're gonna want it. Uh, well, you got the last yeast. Go ahead and say it. Desolation Twin yeah. had to talk about it. The goal of this reprint, Mister Combo. The goal. What do you mean? I'm the goal. I'm not as. Oh, so I'll get into it, right? So Desolation Twin. Most people have seen this. Especially now, ten colorless for ten ten Aldrazi. The only thing that blows on it is when you cast. I know it, it needs to but, be enter the battlefield. But I've I noticed that because I got burned out on that a bunch of times. It has to all the Aldrazi's abilities are so good they have to be on cast. I know. So it's pretty generically good. Um, you know, it's a it's uh, someone's. We were talking about someone. Someone's like, yeah, you know, he's a guy, generically handsome. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. But anyways, so the goal of the reprint, though, is that the Desolation Twin token used to be like a sign of I know my shit. I like run this card intentionally because I got the token because I found it in a box from a homeless person on the street. <laughs> it was like a sign of respect. And now they give you like 14 of these for free? Like... How dare you? They give you one rhino of which you're gonna have nine million, and they give you seven. They give you seventeen desolation twin flip tokens when you really only need one. You hear that, wizards? You got them hot, big ducks. It's absurd. It's absurd. I, I, so the quote I wrote here, which I'm not as proud of, is you just have to trade all your grand cigarettes for this token? Question mark. <laughs> Uh, I like I like the I like the other rant better. But anyways, <laughs> Desolation Twin's amazing. I guarantee this is in again like 75, 90% of these yeah. decks. It's so good. <laughs> so the, the the one thing that I do like about it being in the deck, even though it's a cast trigger, which is BS, is in the game that me and Squee did at our drinkathon, I actually made 
boodles and boodles of copies of Desolation <laughs> Twin. But it was nice because if you only had the one tin tin, yeah, then you remove the one and then it's gone. You kind of have two, and so I had like Kiki Jiki. So it's just like I would make a copy of oh yeah, the yeah. one, and then I'd have Garrett populate that copy. Um, so you know, I mean, yeah, what. When I played Marketing Ross on this, he landed this, and he also had one of the other, like, populate ones, and it was just every turn, he's Ugh. like, okay, another 10-10, okay, another 10-10, oh, so you're saying, you know, he, so like, saying you used those uh, 17 tokens then. <coughs> yeah, damn near close. <laughs> just, to rub, just to rub it in my fat face. All right, How guys. the gold? Well, I think that's going to wrap up how do you actually win the game with this deck and the yeast package. Now we're going to kind of uh, get to the rest of this brew with the spice. Big Tuck. We got a lot of spice here. We got 13 we options. We what do. Did you and pick? I got. So I went with one just because it fits the bill. There's someone here that we want that we've. We've someone here that we've already talked about. There's one in here that I don't love. Um, that's also maybe the most expensive card in the deck. Um, yeah, which I'll not I don't, be talking I don't love about. Yeah, it's it's a little clunky. But are you talking about it? Nope. Okay, so um, this is an artifact. Two colorless mana for Blade of Selves. Yeah, that's mine too. Is it really? Yeah. Damn it! Why do we? There's so many options. Why do we keep doing this? We really need to stop. Um, I'm surprised you. I'm actually surprised you didn't say your Bug Boy Giant Atafage because no. we talked about it so much. I, I think I want to. I actually think I want to cut him from the deck. Yeah, I mean you're probably not wrong, but anyway, um, Blade of Selves. Okay, so I I was trying to think of how to word this the best. And this is how I, this is how I think it is. Just like Michael Jackson at a legal little league game, oh God. this card has been invited and subsequently kicked out of so many of my decks. <laughs> uh, that was definitely that wasn't that wasn't a shower thought, so to speak, but it was a recumbent bicycle. That's that's what it was. Oh it was my God, thought. I about died. So um, for those, so like I said, two colorless. Thank you. Equip for equipped creature has myriad. Whenever it attacks for each opponent other than defending player, you may put a token that's a copy of the creature onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking that player or planeswalker. Yeah, he or she controls exile the token at end of combat. I've tried this in so many different decks. Whether it was like my black value deck, whether it was Prosh for a minute, whether it was Boros equipment, and none of them had ever worked. But I think if there was ever a deck for it, this is the one. Oh yeah, because there's. So many populate effects, yep. so many abilities to have things that enter the battlefield. I mean, on your if you put this on your commander, uh, you get a ton of shit off of that. If you put it on the rhino that has it on it, you get a bunch of shit on that. Yep. There's so many. There's so many juicy targets. So many different things in here. This is like it finally all clicked in, right? So they finally it finally found its Neverland Ranch. Ooh. Oh Lord, bits. So, anyways, uh, that was my whole shtick on uh, on Blade of Selves. I'm really excited that's in the stack. Have you played this? Have yes. you seen this actually work? Okay. Yeah. Uh, wait. So, are you going to ask me like how we do our guess? Have you ever <laughs> could you uh, this work against you or for yeah. you in a game? <laughs> yeah. uh, is this no. a dead card? Still, still, still it, tinted does, questions. Does it do anything? Well, and so the great thing about it is that it just says whenever it attacks, so it's an attack trigger. Where if right. you look at my commander, that's also an attack trigger. So right. you can have Blade of Selves on whatever you want, as long as it's not a legend, and then it'll trigger. You can choose to stack the triggers to where the three tokens will come in. Then Garrett's right. trigger will resolve and make another copy of one of those tokens uh, tapped and attacking. So you can yeah, just God. really can kind of compile that. Can you imagine putting this on a crater hoof? What is that like out the gate? Like plus yeah. 40? Yeah. It's wow. monster. <laughs> wow. So dumb. But no, I think it's also 10 bucks, which is which again is not 
surprising <laughs> considering that I think there are a lot of decks that run this. I just don't happen to own any of them, evidently. Um, and, and it's only been printed the one time, which is also another shocking thing where it's like, this deck, this card is so good for this deck. It's not going to be. Re it's only going to be reprinted in Commander Supplement products. I'm just surprised this didn't get a reprint in this. I think it's just because of the price point. It's too expensive. It's just too expensive. Yeah, because yeah, they because they also budget that out too, where they try to make them around like the same price. And having this one card in here that's ten dollars would kind of would kind of pop that up a bunch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I can't. I can't believe that. Damn it! I should. That's so funny. I should have known. That's good. All right. Well, while we so while we have some filler text filler time in here, real quick. Uh, friend of the show, Ross, this is also one of his pet decks. So he has Mimic Vat in here too, right? So with Mimic Vat, mm -hmm. when a creature dials, you exile it, then you can create a token of it. So he got real, real cute. Girid got blown up. Mimic Vat on the table. <laughs> Command zone? Nay. Under Mimic Vat. Dead serious. He's like, yeah, I'll take the risk. Literally someone else's turn, he like austered command all artifacts. He's like, well, I guess I can't. <laughs> It's <laughs> like I guess I'm not casting my commander for the rest of the day. <laughs> Busted. That's Busted. amazing. Well, and like I would I would wax poetic on Marisi Breaker of the Coil, but we've already done that what four times? <laughs> yeah, so. you know what? And she is or he is honestly only in here to be cute. Um you can't do shenanigans yeah. during my combat and then uh you know you would think that my things are getting through and doing damage, so you'd think the goad would happen. But right. you know, like like uh, Marisi, Giant Adiphage, uh Dark Depths, yeah. like all those kind of cards. Honestly, I I would cut if there was something better. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even well, have put thought into it. So well, speaking of speaking of which, I think that leads us perfectly into our next segment. I think that's called the bottle capping. Uh, and just to what recap, guys, this is going to be uh, Big Tux and I's recommendations for this gear deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a personal recommendation. The only restriction is no mana-only lands. Done. All right. Uh, there it is. I'll, I'll start this one off. I'm going to recommend I cut Amara Tandris. So, that, that's big Amara, right? Yeah, that's big Amara. So this is five. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I don't love this card. Yeah, I don't either because my tokens are big enough that this stuff doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Five colorless Silencia. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to creature tokens you control, and she's a five seven herself. Like I said, also also an elf shaman. Yeah, because that, that's relevant in this deck. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, she's just. If if I was running a restyle deck where my tokens were going to be power three or less, four or less, yeah. five or less, she would make sense. But my curve is already high, and we just talked about a lot of the monsters that I'm making. Not a big deal. But and she's I, also just so so expensive. Like if if she had some other ability, like uh, populate or bounce a creature or something like something pay, paying that much for a five seven with no evasion and that kind of lukewarm ability is just kind of like uh, yeah I, I don't love it i think that's why she checks in at 30 cents to go out and buy one <laughs> <Checks on. laughs> uh so i'm a actually gonna recommend it to cut for something that's only one cmc less two colorless green green white white it's a worm. It's an armada worm. Uh, it's a 5-5 oh, five five yeah, with baby. trample. When this ETBs, put a 5-5 five five green worm onto the battlefield uh, with trample. Uh, we just uh, talked about also, all the different ways that I can make copies of non-token creatures. So this right. guy will just poop out more worms for me. And also, uh, for those playing the home game on the art, it looks 
exactly like a penis. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Like egg, egg, yeah. egg, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty so, uh, friend, phallic, friend of the show, Friend of the show, Scooty Suffles, he plays this one of his decks. He's like, okay, and I'll cast the penis worm. <laughs> <laughs> they should just rename him Phallic Worm. It'd be great. I like that. And this card is only checking in at like 60 to 80 cents. So extremely oh, budget. It, um, and I man, think I it's, like it's on the Weatherlight Report right it's now. It's also uh, mythic. Mythic. So that was my first one. Uh, what was your first cut and add? Okay, so my first one is super boring, but I do like it a lot. So overrun, adios. Okay. Two colorless, triple green. Creatures you control get plus three and plus three and gain trample until end of turn. Fine. Better is got to learn how to spell it because I didn't look it up. Overwhelming stampede. Oh, well, yeah. Three colorless green green. Until end of turn, creatures you control gain trample and plus X plus X, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. For literally the same mana, your commander poops out something that'll give you plus one more than this. Yeah. And as we talked about before, Desolation Twin, these other monsters that come in here. Um, this card, it, Overrun, is better in a squeeze-style deck where it's, it's very low and flat and wide. And, like, your creatures don't get big enough, like... An overwhelming stampede for two or for three doesn't really cut it. But when you have these monsters in here, even Amiria, which we're going to cut, obviously, for the same mana, slightly easier to cast, you get such a better value out of it. And it's only like a buck. I'm really surprised you don't have this in here. Yeah, I feel like that is like it. It says it was printed in 2019. Yeah, it did come in it. Oh, it did? Did Did you cut cut this for overrun? No, I must have cut it for something else, huh? I don't well, know what you would. You know what's funny? I, even in my restack, it works really, really well because I have a bunch of things that give them plus ones, plus yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, like, sure. So you put out an immaculate magistrate or something like that, and put, you know, right? Yeah, get the counters on so forty XX on it, and do that. It's still really, really strong. But yeah, I'm shocked you don't have that in there. Yeah, well, and Big Tuck, you you made a point earlier about how my green mana base is a little light, but I'm usually okay. This even kind of helps that because I go from three green right. pips to two green pips. So yeah, right, exactly. Right. No, that's it's, a more efficient. Dunk. More, more efficient to cast. Um, so anyways, I know it's it's the only thing I don't like about it is it's kind of boring, right? Like overrun for a better card. It's whatever, but like it's so good. And I was like, I rechecked it three times on the bike. I, was like, <laughs> I would have to. I was, I was like, was... how do you wait? It's like, okay, I'm screwing up. Just that's like, like or, sorry. It's like a green deck staple. Mr. Combo's gonna come back and be like, no, it's in there. And I'm like, oh damn it. But here we are. I was so, expecting you to but... go with Triumph of the Hordes at first. Well, you have to you know, <laughs> Let's I, no, do it again. I know, I know you I know you better than that. It's already in here. <laughs> Correct. All right. So, <clears throat> so that my, was like that was my first cut. My under fifty dollars is I'm actually gonna recommend I cut Rampaging Bailoffs. So Rampaging Bailouts, mm-hmm. guys, is four colorless green green trample landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may create a 4-4 green beast creature token, and he's a 6-6 himself. The reason I'm thinking about cutting him is I don't really have... I, I feel like by the time I have six mana, seven mana, I've probably used most of my get multiple lands out stuff. Right. I don't think I'm going to yep. get a lot of value for that, whereas in this card, I would get tons of value with. I'm talking Bramble Sovereign. Two colorless green green. Mythic. Uh, And it says it's a 4-4. Oh, this card is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield, I'm going to pause there. That just said whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield for anyone. So this is automatically whatever its effect's going to be a political tool for me. Yes. Then it follows up with, you may pay a colorless and a green. If you do, that creature's controller creates a token that's a copy of that creature. 
So yes, I'm going to primarily use that two mana ability to create stuff that I want, because why wouldn't I? But right. then, and it's nice because it doesn't do what red does to where it exiles it in a turn. It just stays. But and, you know you're, uh, and this card is also efficient because you're paying four for four, four, which feeds into your other like bigger, like this will draw your card off elemental bond. Yep. And it's a great political tool because it could be in one of those nasty situations where Big Tuck is playing, maybe playing Arcades, and he's like, Mr. Combo, if you make me two copies, I'm going to cast two creatures, make me a copy of each one, and I'll be able to kill this person that's yes, going to dominate exactly. all of us. Will you do that? And I won't hit you for this many turns, or I won't hit you with the copies, something like that. Then it's like, you know what? I'll pay four mana to possibly kill an opponent and you yeah. know, look like the good guy. So... Yeah, I'm surprised it's twenty dollars though. It's just because it's it's because it's so it, it's because it's so good. It fits in populate decks. It fits in a bunch of different decks. I mean, there's really no uh, there's no if you're in green, having the ability to pay two green because you're gonna have a shitload of mana to begin with to get a copy of anything that you cast. <clears throat> I mean, if this was just an enchantment that just said when you cast a creature, you can pay a green, a, a colorless and a green, put a token on, that would also be bonkers. Yeah. Um, and it was a mythic that's only printed in Battle Bond, which people will hold on to. There's not a lot of cracks on that. Um, no, Bramble Sovereign's insane. <laughs> cool. Well, what's your under $50 cut and add? Okay, so um, this is getting rid of one of the spices, which I hate to do, but um, Wayfaring Temple, I'm not hot on it. I don't love it. So right. I'm cutting that for my personal Agreed. recommendation. So we're Are good. you? Okay. So colorless and Celestia, um, so it's a three three mana for an elemental. Its power and toughness is equal to the number of creatures you control. Fine. Um, when it feels damaged, combat damage to a player, populate. That's all well and good. Um, this has no evasion. Yep. Nothing. So you have a 45-45. Unless you get unless you get into one of your big game finishers, there's really not another ways other ways to give this evasion. I mean, you can give a death touch with the Frostfang, but like Someone's just gonna chump this with a token. Yeah, right. This yep. this like, fits better in a Reese the Redeemed lead deck than a Geared deck. I even I still yeah. cut him out of that because he's just so vulnerable and just, like yeah he gets chump blocked and or removed if almost it, if immediately. If it had any sort of evasion whatsoever, a trample, a menace, yep. whatever, and cost one more, it'd be ten times better. But what I'm actually gonna swap it in with. So we talked about how this is definitely a second main phase kind of deck. Sure. This is also a shout out to Marketing Ross. We were just talking about this deck earlier today. Um, I'm going to put in Grand Warlord Radha. So she okay. is two colorless, green, and a red for legendary creature, oh, alt yeah. warrior, rare. <laughs> it's not <laughs> mythic. Um, so haste 3-4. Whenever one or more of your creatures control attack, add that much mana in any combination of green or red. Uh, until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. So good. Yeah, yeah. Like, so if you have if you have her and gear, so you cast Gearid, next turn you cast her, she pays for herself. And again, like you're not gonna be getting a gazillion mana off this, but again, you're gonna be getting the mana that will fuel into your drawn cards from the elemental bond. Yeah. You're you're like you're you're looking around the table trying to figure out threat assessments, you know? That sort of thing. You can also potentially add that mana in, keep a wide open, rootborn defenses, you know. I just think this card does a lot and takes very little away. You know what? I, I like it. I think I would actually cut Giant Adiphage for it. Um, sure, yeah. Just because my personal recommendation, like I said, I was going to cut the Wayfaring Temple. 
Uh, and I think this card will help feed into her to make her payout even better for Iros got a victory. Oh, hell yeah. We've talked about this so many times. Yeah. So uh, this guy is a two colorless uh, Boros, red, white, legendary enchantment creature god, indestructible, uh, devotion to red and white is less than seven. It's not a creature, which he will right. never be a creature in this deck. Uh, he's, and it doesn't matter. We talked about this before. It's, it's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, because he gives my creatures menace which is great because they're massive. And then it says prevent all damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures I control, which was the only negative thing the one time that me and Squee McGee uh, squared off is, yes, he did kill one of my things, but, you know, it was just like, ah, I, I, I got to take the loss to hopefully get the gain. Well, with him right. out there, it's like, well, I'll just swing out. I really don't give a flip what's going to happen. Well, but then especially, the if you can, if, especially if you compare this to Amera, right? He costs, what, three less has a very similar ability because most of the damage is going to be dealt to your creature when you're attacking yep. and has another ability on it and turns into a monster in case you get the devotion, which again is unlikely. Yep. Yeah. And I think that even feeds into your under $50 recommendation because then with the yep. menace, I'm going to be more willing to swing with more things and then I'm going to get more mana, which is going to help me do more stuff. So, so I, I have a slight announcement here, small one, baby one moving forward. My personal recommendations, I'm going to try to keep all of them under $10. What? Yes. You suck. Let's let's do it. Unless there's like some crazy out there thing, but that's like how moat. I play, that's how I think, and that sort of stuff. But yes, Boo. Arose is amazing. Arose is amazing. Yep. All right. Well, what's your budget personal recommendation, you turd? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It's you'll, the budget code. like it. This is, the, this is the fun one. This is the fun one. Okay. So, Tristani's Judgment. Okay. I'm cutting it. I I get it. It's just it's just real expensive for what it does. I get yes. It. Okay, there it is. Yeah. So it's under spice. So I am cutting three spices. So whatever. Um, but I'm also adding a spice. Mm. Five colorless and a white for an instant exile target creature. Then populate. Yeah. I, get I don't it. love it. I don't get it. I, I mean, it's good, and you you don't have a ton of like removal in here, which you don't need because you make it's a good so expensive. Too expensive for what it does. Okay. So instead, we're gonna cut it with a card that I I'm the only person that I've ever seen play this. Divergent Transformation. Six colors in a red for an instant. Okay. It also has Undaunted, which is only printed on five cards, so it costs <laughs> one It costs one less for each opponent. Exile two target creatures. For each of those creatures, this controller reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card, puts that card onto the battlefield, and then shuffles the rest into their library. So I guess you're assuming I do this on my own creatures and then get out not, my... Not necessarily. And that's where it gets kind of, this is where this card gets, as I like to call it, extraordinarily cute, right? Okay. So you could do this on your own creatures, because again, you have enough tokens that you can eat a rhino and hope you get something better, right? Okay. However, it is an exile. So let's say you're facing down someone who has like a Blightsteel, um, an Avacyn, one of those things, right? It's just wrecking you. You can't do anything about it. There's a very good chance that if you exile someone's Avacyn or other humongous threat that you can't destroy normally, they're probably not going to flip over another humongous threat that you can't destroy through normal combat damage. <sighs> it's a rare one, and, and you never know. And I've, I've used this in my pseudo token deck before just to eat my own tokens and then go ramp into something better. Yeah. So, I don't know. Again, that, it's that, generally, I have to give that some serious it's, thought. It's generally used on your own. Right. Yeah. Um. It's effectively like uh that uh evolutionary leap or whatever where you sacrifice and flip over, except you're getting it onto the battlefield. Um. And it's one time use thing. But 
this, especially I've noticed recently, we've been playing a lot of five, six player games, right? Yep. So this is going to cost you what? Maybe two to do this. Hmm. So it might maybe, right? That's kind of that's a well, I guess it'd be three, but still three for the utility of this card it's kind of random me it can get you the game imagine flipping over into like desolation twin crater hoof i mean again that's like no one that's insanity talk right yeah but it could happen you never know yeah i don't know i, I that one I, I i get it it's cute not it's adorable it's, it's adorable not my flavor honestly if i was going to cut that um oh god i trust any judgment i'd probably just put in a swords of plowshare or path to exile. Oh, lame. Um, I mean, you know, if we're just if we're complaining about the cost of it, I would do that. The instead. tambourine disapproves. <laughs> so, uh, but no. Anyways, uh, that's that's my ultra. That's my ultra budget, ultra cute one. And you might as well just pick one up because it's two bucks. Yep. Yep. All right. Fair enough. There. There you go. Well, guys, that's gonna wrap up bruising builds on Gearid. Thanks for making it until the end. And as promised, here are some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level One Gaming. We're gonna be giving away a uh, Theros Beyond Death. I guess they just call them bundles now. I used to call them fat yep. packs. Fat packs. Yeah, basically bundle, a fat yeah. pack. Uh, we're giving one of those away for January. To, to enter is extremely simple. Tweet at me your Magic the Gathering New Year's resolutions. But hey, you can also help promote the podcast on the site. You get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media. We're going to announce the winner on the MTG Action 4 newscast February 4th and social media soon after. And yes, I know what you're thinking. Uh, Level 1 Gaming is going to be doing a giveaway every single month. It could be a sweet... A uh, little deck box thingamabob, a uh, pack of cards with a bunch of lands, because uh, those Theros Beyond Death uh, lands are super sweet. Or yes, those it could are be awesome. a deck, it could be a single card. Just kind of depends on what level one can do for us. Uh, but you know what? It, it would also be great if you could leave us some feedback on whatever podcast platform you listen to us. Uh, if we suck, uh, just email bigtuck at cmdtower.com. It's all his fault. Let him know. Uh, if it's oh, all no, positive, let him no, know. you email please, me. Please, please email me bad news because you and your parents will not be going to bed that night. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us as well <laughs> and find more ways to enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter. That's all spelled out except for that five. Big Tuck, where can they reach you? Well, I am uh, sad to announce that this is the first time that you Gasp. can reach me at Big Talk on Twitter. Yes! <laughs> you can find me there, and I am going to be ever vigilant. <laughs> or, shall I say, always watching. A colorless and too white. It's not a mythic. <laughs> uh, you reach our main account at CMD Tower on tw Twitter as well. You can go to our website that Big Tuck is actually responsible for, cmdtower.com. You can find us on Facebook, basically anywhere. Type in CMD Tower. You can also engage our awesome production team for your own future projects. How would they do that, Squee? Oh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. You can find me at richchaosrecords.com. You can email me now at dearsquee at cmdtower.com. Which is a brand new feature. So if you want to get some personal things, maybe not share them on the Twitter sphere, but you have a, a question you'd like answered, just shoot me an email. It'll be discreet. It'll be great. You can also get at me at Deer Squee on Twitter, or you know, just uh, try and find me out here in Kansas. I'm I'm roaming around <laughs> out in the out in the wild, as they say. Uh, he does day, I mean music podcasts, and he does have a full studio if you ever are local in the KC metro area. But you can also send your audio files and stuff over the interwebs, the series of tubes, the and tubes, he can work with you remotely. Yeah, yep. uh, whether you're 100 miles away or like me, maybe three miles away. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> if you want to support the show as well as hook up our sponsor with the orders you're already doing, head over to level1gameshop.com. And when you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower so they know that you came from the collective. Outside of their own storefront, they also have a TCG store with an over 99% accuracy rating and incredibly competitive prices. Uh, trust me, I am a internet mongrel when it came to shopping. But ever since we partnered up with them and I started going into the store looking at prices, it's actually been the same or cheaper, uh, and I get better service. So, yeah, definitely support your LGS, guys. Um, But the coolest thing is that they do have those sweet CMD Tower playmats and matte sleeves, as well as everything else you need from an NTG and game perspective. Another way you could support us is actually head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have several different reward tiers, from as simple as Discord access to even getting you a guest spot on the podcast with your own sweet, sweet brew. Big Tuck, any last thoughts? No, I'm just, uh, I was really excited to talk about uh, Frozen Kiefer Sutherland Caveman <laughs> for a, a little over an hour here. Uh, this is a fun one. This is another good one. Cool. Excited yeah. to be, uh, also excited to be part of 2020 on the Twitterverse. So here we there go. There we go. There we go. Well, I, I'm glad you finally uh, moderned up. Uh, I'm excited to jam some games with you uh, this weekend. And I think actually when this airs in real life, you'll be getting ready to leave for Israel. For Israel. Yes. Cool. So I will. For those who are listening, I will be in Israel from January 9th through the 19th. So uh, I will be MIA. You could say out of P- pocket. Potenti- potentially MIA from Twitterverse and or real life. I think you're, kind of are, you're right already kind of MIA from the Twitterverse. Not, well, so. Yeah. So, well, so anyways, but yeah, I will be uh, I'll be having a leave of absence. Cool, cool. Well, safe travels, my friend. Uh, we can't wait for you to get back, even though we're going to have episodes that are going to come out after this that you'll still be on. But whatever. Time doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Pink Royal. Cut it. Cut <laughs> it.